Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Scene Northwest. Thanks again for joining us. And today, we have a really fun guest. I'm very excited to have CEO of the West Plains Chamber with us, Mark Losh. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. So I'm your host. I'm Doyle Wheeler. And um, the Behind the Scene podcast is here to bring you insight from local businesses around the region, uh, specifically the Inland Northwest, but it may grow to a bigger way. But we want to share with you the inside story, the story that exists because a business exists. It's, it's no, no um, unknown fact that businesses are built by human beings, and so they have a human heartbeat. And that's what we're here to uncover today. But what makes Mark special is that he's part of a chamber of commerce, the leadership. And what I'm excited to get today is how that all functions and operates and intertwines into a local economy. We don't have enough time. Okay, well, take a minute and introduce yourself. And Take five minutes, maybe ten. Okay, seven and a half. Uh, <laughs> my name is Mark Losh, and I am the CEO of the West Plains Chamber of Commerce. Um, I arrived back to this area, kind of coming home, on the 23rd of August of 21, and took over as a CEO of the West Plains Chamber that had kind of been put in the barn for a while with COVID and all the shutdown and the West Plains Chamber was a fun little chamber that did a lot of events and you couldn't do events in the state and so they actually had to furlough their CEO and for a year they um, Deanna Williams the admin kind of kept things going but they had no leadership and not looking to move forward and when um, I read about this saw about came and visited and was blessed to be given the, the title the position and the reins um, we decided that we need to be more than just a fun little chamber that does events. And so I brought the whole focus of connect, engage, and grow. If you don't connect, you can't engage. If you don't engage, you can't grow. And that's the mission statement of our chamber. And we are uh, we do events. Um, had three yesterday. We've got some things going on Monday and some other things we'll talk about later. But we truly are working on initiatives to make the West Plains a better, safe to, a better place to live, um, play, and work. Business is coming to the West Plains as fast as it can. It's the fastest growing Latin Joseph area in the state of Washington. But if we don't make our, our region, our area, Cheney, Medical Lake, Airway Heights, Reardon, Davenport, if we don't make that a healthy place to be and healthy for business and healthy for family life, then business won't prosper and people won't stay. So that's our focus. I love it. And here we go. This this my lead into this podcast. It's it's about um, people behind a business. And when I ask for your story, the business came out. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem. I like it. So can you elaborate a little bit on your up-and-coming story, like um, how you got started in business, what led you to eventually um, Chamber of Commerce in Montana? Sure. Um, I've been in 13 industries, so we won't hit all of them. But I grew up in Deer Park, north of Spokane. Um, on 80 acres, my uncle had 240, and neighbor Harry Perry had about 300 acres. We co-op farmed, and we did hay, and we did cattle. And at eight years old, you get to join 4-H. So I went down and picked out a little Angus heifer and went to the fair and loved the experience. And the next year, bought a cow and a calf, and then bought more and bought more, and loved the entire 4-H FFA experience of raising cattle. And um, But I also love sports and football, and I had to make a decision between cows or football. And I chose football and sold the cows and but with that money my dad pulled his retirement out of the Spokane County Road Department he had had an injury and he couldn't drive his grader anymore and we opened a restaurant in Deer Park in 1977 called the Breadboard and that was the beginning at 16 years old of my entrepreneurship path 
<laughs> and uh, moved it to Tacoma in 81, opened two more restaurants, um, got out of the restaurant business in 87, and moved into different other careers. I've owned my own business three more times. I've been involved in three startups. I built verticals for two existing companies, and one of the startups was based out of Missoula, Montana in 2009. And I met the CEO of the Missoula Chamber who was helping us take this to market. And we wanted to work together someday. We both kind of aligned on business. And in December of 2015, she said, would you leave Everett and come to Missoula and be my membership and marketing director and help me change the course of what we're doing here? I don't want to be a chamber anymore. And I go, what do you mean you don't want to be a chamber? She says, I want to be a business partner. Hmm. We want to attack initiatives in the community that no one else is touching. So I moved to Montana. Um, not a long time, took 10 seconds to decide that one, um, <laughs> moved to Montana. And for about five or six years, I was there until I came here. And we attacked initiatives in the community. We got build grants from the federal government. We worked on school levy and building passing. We worked on homelessness. We worked on um, different things that needed to be changed. A website that we developed that the state took over that focused on the trades and not jobs, but here's all the industries. Here's the schooling you need. Here's the people who do apprenticeships or job sharing so that the kids in high school could see that there might be another path besides just a four-year degree. We did a study and found out that graduating from college was less than one-fifth of graduating class. Hmm. So what's out there for the others? And so we put that together. So those are the kind of things that brought me to Montana, and then I end up here. Just like that. Just like that. Loved it. Loved to come home and, and have a chance to to run my own chamber and, and yeah, come back. Well, welcome to Spokane. Thank you. It's been a minute though. You've what a year? Oh, it'll be a year in August or two years in August. Wow. It's going. So it's, it's a blip. It seems like I just got here. That's awesome. But other days it seems like it's been longer for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the struggle is real. Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, my involvement in the community seemed to be focused more in the Valley and downtown Spokane, but no matter where I went, I kept hearing about the West Plains Chamber, and I never really thought much of it, but it's kind of interesting, like, when you think west of Spokane, everything just kind of goes blank to me. Mm -hmm. When I think of Spokane, I think of the Valley, and I think of Coeur d'Alene. I don't know, it's kind of odd. But then, um, as people kept saying, well, you got to get involved in the, in the West Plains Chamber and get to know Mark. Um, I'm glad I did, because I've already made friends there that... Um, wouldn't have existed otherwise and the relationships there are awesome um, it seems like a really hearty group of very um, focused business owners the west plains has its own unique demographic even though we're yeah. 10 minutes away from downtown if anybody listening has been around in the in the 80s and the 70s remember what the valley looked like that's what the west plains looks like now it's the last place to have growth and we're seeing enormous amount of growth but the people out there are very proud of the area we have great business um, entrepreneurship and a lot of industrial coming. We're building industrial warehousing, manufacturing buildings as fast as we can, and we're filling as fast as we can. So there's just a lot of uh, great things happening out there. So what's um uh, so uh, here in Spokane, Bornhoft Realty built uh, a what is it a um, garage? Oh, condo? garage lodge. Yeah, garage lodge. You own the garage and you can tailor it to anything you want, but you can't live in it. Interesting. So if you have cars, you have a machine shop, you have an air, whatever you want to store, a little, you could even do light manufacturing, whatever. But instead of renting a storage unit space, you own it. Interesting. And you can customize it. They have a clubhouse. It's a, it's a really cool concept that's going across the United States. And um, Chris and Mary brought it here. And uh, Chris is a, 
powerful man in the West Plains. I mean, the whole Walmart shopping area, he handles that to many other properties, and he loves the West Plains, and he's putting huh. millions of dollars into the West Plains. Um, Good to know. But the Garage Lodge is a really cool cool concept, and they're, I don't know if they have any left. Any. I think they were all sold before he was done building them. Yeah, that's, I know. I noticed that when I was um, I was out there yesterday or this week anyway, and I noticed that, that it was um, looked like they were ready to build another one. There's something else going on there, but we don't know the details yet. Can't say anything. Gotcha. <laughs> Love it. We might have to have Chris and Marianne on the podcast. I think that They're you, old friends. You definitely need to get Chris on this because this, this man is a, him and his wife, are, they do brilliant business. They love the community. Um, yeah, good people, really good people. Awesome. So you touched on a little bit. Can you explain in a little more detail about what the West Plains Chamber is all about? Maybe break it down for the listener that doesn't even know what a Chamber of Commerce is. Sure. A simple way to look at a chamber is it's a, an organization of business owners that come together, uh, that pay dues into an organization, kind of like a business union. Mm-hmm. And the focus of the chamber is to help promote business, protect business, um, work to fight for business values. Um, that means sometimes you're fighting against city, county, and state. Um, but be a voice for business and help those businesses connect, help them grow, give them coaching, Give them tools that on their own by themselves they can't find. Hmm. But uh, as a chamber, as a group, and a voice of one, one person calls and has an issue and complains about something. But when the chamber calls and says, we have an issue in my members, you tend to get more attention and get better results. Get some action. Get some action. So it's a combined group of business individuals that want to see an area grow and protect it and work together. And yeah, it's every chamber has its own definition. Truly, but it's truly about protecting and growing business. Nice. So what's West Plains Chamber's definition? We're going to help you connect, engage, and grow with the community. We're going to do initiative work to make it a better place to live, work, and play. And we're going to protect the rights of business. Easy does it. And it's true. I've already experienced it. I think I've been a member for a month. It is awesome. You had a... I've never experienced this before, but um, I don't know. We met in had lunch or we were chatting in the boardroom. I can't remember what it was. And we were just, just talking business. And you mentioned how you're really passionate about your ambassadors. Yes. Which you call West Plains connectors, the connectors. So I become a member and I don't get in. I mean, I got a welcome email as you know, like you always would, but out of the blue at like two twenty three PM on a Tuesday afternoon, I get a phone call from the West Plains chamber and it, a uh, young man just introduced me and said, hey, how you doing? And welcome to the chamber, and I'm here to help you, and anyone here can help you. It was really cool. It was like a personal touch. It, it's really important. Every chamber has ambassadors. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the word ambassadors. I wanted to call them the West Plains Rangers, but there's a 4-H club called the West Plains Rangers, and I don't want to step on the kids. Um, um, so we, it's the West Plains Connectors. That. It's the West Plains Connectors, and we help put the puzzle together mm-hmm. to, to give you a roadmap. And every new member gets a welcome phone call from two or three of them. Um, our current members get a phone call. They help at events to help connect people, and they're truly ambassadors of the chamber who are helping us grow and do it the right way and share a common message, but truly to help a new member understand how do I engage? How do I connect? How do I do this? And so I'm very glad you got that phone call. Yeah, it was cool. And um, I don't even know why I answered it, to be honest. I've been getting so much spam lately. I just ignore my phone when it rings. And if it's someone that comes up with a name, I answer it. But um, it didn't come up as spam. 
Oh, I'm cool. really fortunate. I have a board member named Kendra Weiss who has a company called Perfectus, and she is, as a board member, taking over and getting the connector started for me. And so she's laying the groundwork. So all of that is, is with Kendra and I talking about what we want it to be. But she's helping to develop that, make it go. Board members are great. They're volunteers. Volunteers mm-hmm. as a whole. If you don't have a good volunteer um, army, it's hard to grow. Yeah. In the chamber world, and so I'm very blessed to have Kendra Weiss at Perfectus to help us do that. Fun fact. She's my next my next guest on the podcast. Oh, okay. I I really enjoyed getting to know her. She's she's got some good energy, and um, every time she gets in front of people like me in a group setting, it's helpful and valuable. So I'm hoping to bring some really deep business insight to the podcast here in the next episode. She will, yeah, guaranteed. Okay. So let's uh, talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial spirit. When did the itch come? How did you motivate yourself to take entrepreneurship to uh, your personal well-being? I, I would see something that, that, man, that's a great idea. And someone has that idea, but they don't know how to take the idea from A to D and move it down the field in the steps. And I've spent all my life in sales, marketing, and communication, and I meet somebody that has this great idea and they say, well, you could do this and you could do this. And well, will you do it? And okay. And that's how we get started. And, um, it's been fun. It's, um, been job site security systems. It was, there was a, um, small arms crew weapons clean system for the department of defense I developed, Mm. um, uh, security for construction sites. Um, Ooh, that's a big one. That was fun. So I, 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 there was a startup of a brand new security company in, Everett, Washington, and the young man who was starting it used to work for me when I had the weapons cleaning system business startup. And he says, I need your help. You, and so I was his first employee, and I'm trying to sell security to businesses. And I go to a job site, and it's a mixed use, so they're going to have retail on the bottom, living on top. And I asked the contractor, hey, who are the businesses come down? And he said, in very colorful language I won't use here, I really don't care about these businesses right now. I'm getting my butt handed to me every weekend. All our stuff's being stolen, copper, tools, mm-hmm. everything. So I researched and found out there was a security system, um, monitoring system that had a large panel that ran on batteries, and it had cameras that had an RF connection. So there was no wires anywhere. You could move it around. had a SIM card in the panel that would send images back to a uh, center, someone monitoring. And so we set that up that weekend, and we caught a guy. Mm. And he said, Everybody needs this. And within a year, I was on 67 job sites, and we were written in almost all the contracts in South Lake Union. Wow. Just from having verified video contacts. I heard in 13 apprehensions in the very first year. <laughs> that was fun. That's good stuff. That's, yeah, because that's saving you, uh, I mean, the, this expense on security with cameras would have far under, uh, been far less than the expense of replacing stolen goods. Some of the damage these folks do is thirty, forty thousand dollars in one day. So it was, it was traumatic. But yeah, it was a, that was a fun, fun time. So it's just I'd see things and I'd want to take it and run with it and yeah. build it. I like building companies, like pushing the ball down the field. And what if? And yeah, I live outside the box. If you live in a box, you can't see where you're going because the box has walls. Yeah, it's just true. So I live outside the box, and hey, that's a good idea. Let's see if it's got legs. In creative world, we live and breathe outside the box. You but boy, to. do we come with our constraints. All it takes is a brand guide, and you're kind of like in this little little 
what would you say, playing field that you can't get out of. But, boy, you don't have to play in the box to get in that playing field. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's the, I guess what I'm trying to say is um, there's not always a box, so to speak, but there are parameters you have to work in. But thinking and expanding outside the box or not even having a box mm-hmm. when you're in those parameters, can it will benefit you in multitude of ways. You've always got to ask yourself, even though you're outside the box, what are we doing? Is this helping or hurting us? Yeah, making yeah. money or costing money? So you got you got rules of engagement and business practices that you have to always pay attention to, mm-hmm. but don't put blinders on. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's easy to put them on, too. Boy, those come on quick. You do. Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going that way, and that's the only way we're going, and we're not driving another way, but that might be faster that way. Nope, I'm going this way because this is how I always go. So, yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. So you've been at the forefront of one of the fastest growing areas in eastern Washington, the West Plains. Can you share a couple of the businesses that support that growth that are up and coming or established in, in Airway Heights? There's some longtime business been there for a very long time. DAA, um, who does auto sales, um, the auction, one of the largest auctions in the three-state area. Um, so they've been there a very long time. If, if you buy anything that has Disney that's printed on it, plates, glasses, cups, or anything for the entire world comes out of Airway Heights. Zach Design. You betcha. Um, Love those guys. Been there for a very long time. And then um, Selkirk Pharmaceutical is very close to getting going, to actually making pharmaceutical products right there in the West Plains, so that's happening. Um, LP Siding just purchased 100 acres, and they're going to build a plant with three buildings and employ 500 people. Oh, man. So that's coming. Um, Harlan Douglas has built six warehouses industrial type manufacturing space is it's that right still, out by amazon yeah yeah all the douglas those, yeah um park douglas park I, I probably have the wrong name and i apologize no that's it anyone. i saw it yesterday um but yeah they're building them as fast as they can there's four more to come online it's like i said if you remember what the valley used to look like we've got mm-hmm. 3500 acres of open dirt and we're building as fast as we can i remember what the valley used to look like yeah it was like the spokane then fields and then green acres and then fields and then every lake and now it's all connected now it's all connected all the way past Coeur d'Alene well that's a good that was a very good analogy actually because when you think about the growth of West Plains it's not necessarily a long straight stretch it's more of a broad push wonder how long it'll take for Airway Heights and Medical Lake to connect maybe they already are but it's getting close it's it's an interesting setup in that region because we are a regional chamber we're not a city Mm mm-hmm the, the greater valley is the valley, and Spokane is the Spokane, but I have really six communities. Cheney, Medic Lake, Airway Heights, we count those, Reardon, Davenport. But I also have Eastern. That's a separate community. Eastern? Washington University. Oh, oh okay. I mean, there's a lot of people there. Um, the Air Force Base, mm, yeah. a separate community out there. So all of them have a different role and a different play, in, and understanding how each of them can work together is really important. What's really exciting now is Cheney, Medic Lake, Airway Heights are – the leadership is talking to each other. We have this problem. We do too. So do we. And they're looking now regionally, how can we solve some problems? Mm-hmm. How can we make things better or smoother? Or how can we manage growth or get housing and all of that kind of stuff? So it's the region is coming together, and that's what's really exciting. That's cool. So all the like the mayors of the communities are working together? Yes. That's super cool. That's rare. It is. But they understand it's all for the common good. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, well, we definitely covered the geographic location of the West Plains. That was, it's, that's spectacular. So moving on, 
If you were to start a business right now on the West Plains, what would it be? Dry cleaning. Oh yeah. True <laughs> I story. It sounds silly, but there's no dry cleaning out there anywhere. Cheney McLeary, no one has a dry cleaning business. So I look at, uh, at dry cleaning, um, childcare. We are a desert. Um, now the West Plains oh. safety Alliance, which we're part of is working on a childcare program with the Bezos organization. And we hope have something coming there. And the thing that would really go fast is a shared workspace coffee shop combination to where oh, I can yeah. come in and I can rent a, rent a cubicle for an hour or I can rent it for a day or I can rent it for the entire year or have small little rooms around that you can actually lease so that you're not renting office space. A like, very, very small office space is $2,000. Now, mm-hmm. if you go out to the valley at Burbage, you can rent space out there. And that's what I'd like to have in the West Plains, that model, would, yeah. it would fill up that quick. There is just hardly any space for small entrepreneurship or someone who has a small business. When I was in Missoula, the gentleman who bought all of the Jiffy Loops, eight locations, five in Missoula, a couple in Helena, and, uh, or was it Kalispell? Anyway, he had his office in the shared workspace. He had a little tiny cubicle that had one desk. There wasn't mm-hmm. any room for anybody else to be there. Right? He spent all of his time in shops. He didn't need to have an office, but he had to have some place to have mail go, to have things delivered, printer, copy, or things like that. And they had a shared conference room he could use. So he leased that space, and that was his office space. I think it's something that's missing in the entire region is shared workspace. Yeah, and there is a need for it. Um, and long, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> she does great work. I have I know. a lot of respect for her. Yeah, she'll be on the show eventually. Um, we've been talking about it. I just need to send her an email and make it happen. Cool. So um, what's your vision for the future? Uh, like the business scope of the West Plains, like um, where do you see it going? Retail, do you see it going? Warehousing, thoughts? There's going to be retail because there needs to be retail support who lives there. And that and that's usually comes slower than everything else. So right now oh, we have a lot of manufacturing coming. We have two highways. We have an airport and we have a railhead. So that supports manufacturing. So yeah. they're coming. Housing, they're working on as hard as they can to try to get housing out there. Retail is starting to show up. We're getting more restaurants. We're getting a brand new Yolks. We're getting a hardware store. Um, no Costco yet. No Home Depot and no Lowe's. I know every time they scratch dirt and clear something off, oh, that's the new Costco. No, not yet, but it's but there's more business parks coming, which open up more areas for smaller retail and other things. Um, but I see it just keeping to grow, and I see Airway Heights, Genie Medical Lake all kind of connecting. As they can, we have a lot of lakes out there. We've got mm-hmm. some ground they can't work with. The Air Force takes up a big chunk that you can't build in around, so that does create issues. But I think it's just going to keep spreading and keep going. Is Davenport part of West Plains? It is. Okay. I've noticed, uh, uh, so Reardon is as well, because mm-hmm. Reardon's on the way to Davenport. Um, do you see, uh, like, some sort of revitalization of either of those two communities? It seems like it's kind of boarded up. I, I would like to. The, the challenge is Reardon's becoming a bedroom community to Airway Heights and oh. to Spokane because it's not a hard drive. It's all freeway. It's all highway. It's and really it, is housing cheaper there? No, not really, because there's such a su- supply and demand. Yeah, um, uh, Davenport's still very healthy, but I see West Plains going out that way hmm. very slowly. There's a lot of farmland. There's a lot of agriculture. Um, if the ag business stops spending money in the West Plains and in Spokane, we'd all feel it. There's a massive amount of agriculture. North 40 proved that. North 40 built that store. They have people driving from Moses Lake sometimes hmm. to get stuff. Puyallup, uh, uh, 
down from Pullman coming up, then they service so many different people in so many different regions. So it's going to have growth, but I think, unfortunately, Reardon is going to be more of a bedroom community to the West Plains as it continues. I'd like to see business go. Yeah. But once we get enough business and enough growth, then it will revitalize again, and all of a sudden businesses will start coming back to Reardon because they don't want to they, – they can see the value. There's people there, and there's more growth there. So. Yeah, and that's just a guess. I am not an expert in any of this. Oh no, this is all just yeah. Uh, but that's, that's good conversation. You're right. It, it looks like it's not as vibrant as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. And I think Davenport has a couple of restaurants in it. Davenport's still pretty self sufficient. Does it have a grocery store still? Yes. Yeah. yeah. See how often I get out there. Yeah. No, they still on the edge of town. They still have a grocery store and everything. And it's and it's also Davenport's the ex. Go to Davenport and then turn, and that's how you get to Lake Roosevelt and all that right. up there. So there's a lot of traffic that goes oh, all yeah. the way through there so that also last helps, minute stuff helps that area Rosalia is another area that's growing oh yeah that's right it's only 16 miles south so is that still like a biker hub like <laughs> i remember in the early 2000s anyone that had a harley was riding to Rosalia for really? some sort of festival well they love the ride and they have a great restaurant and bar out there and so there is still a, a bike ride stop spot but there's Small businesses coming and yeah. some housing is happening out there. That's but cool. again, it's in a big rural area. I mean, it's it's wheat fields and, and grain and ranches and farmers. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I like Rosalia. I had a friend that lived out there for a couple of years, built a brand new house, and it wasn't expensive. Yeah, it seemed like it was in, in a you know, fairly barrier of entry. is low, but it's an hour drive to Spokane. If that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a quick ride. It's from when you turn off of the freeway and you're heading south, it's... 20 minutes yeah so it's an easy ride i have a feeling most people listening to this podcast are going to know what we're talking about but it's just fun to bring it up because um it's hard to realize the scope of the west plains and and, and the business in airway heights is affecting or helping or motivating commerce across all of these places there are people that are moving their offices and and work out there because where they're at is so constrained and so hard hmm. to move around and so hard to get freight in and out and because we have open space and we're so close to freeways, it's just quick, boom, boom, you're on the freeway instead of having to fight going through and spraying and all that. And that's part of that's because there's no north-south freeway and all that. But we had one gentleman who has got his office out there now, and he used to drive. He drives from the valley, and he would go downtown, and he had to come out to West Plains for a meeting. So he hit his little stopwatch when he passed his exit gate off on Division downtown. And he could get to the West Plains and park faster than getting to his office downtown. Interesting. Because he just shoot up the hill and he was there. Yeah, it is closer than you'd think. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I have this mental block, and I'm curious if other people have it too, but you think anything west of the edge of Spokane is a long ways away. Well, you came out to our networking event yesterday yeah. morning. Yeah. How long did it take you? Uh, seven. Well, I actually took the wrong exit because I was looking at airplanes. <laughs> I missed my exit, and I'm done. what a dummy. I mean, I, I drive out there all the time, and I know where to go. Uh, if I would have, well, on the way back, it took me eight minutes. I yeah. was downtown. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that would have been at Northern Quest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's actually weird. It is. You don't, you would think that it's going to be a 30 minute drive to get there. So, um, how, do you, how do you explain to others the importance of networking? I feel like networking and chambers are very hand in hand. Um, it's been one of the staples that we've handled for many, many, many yeah. years. It's a way to connect and engage. Um, you were at our networking event yesterday morning. We yeah. got 35 or 40 people at Northern Quest for Easy. a little coffee session. And you heard 
the conversation, the energy in the room, everybody was moving all over the place. You can do a lot of connecting with email or social media, those types of things. But at some point you got to look someone in the eye and they got to look you in the eye to do business. Yep. And if you meet someone in networking, you're using all of your senses to get to know them and then to get to know you. So they hear what you say, but see how you say it. And they, it's, it's the backbone of business. If you're not out mm-hmm. networking you and you're surviving, I want to know how, because you truly have to be connecting to your community. Yeah. And people care how much you connect and who you are more than what you have. Mm-hmm. So networking is very important. Um, you should do it if you're scared. There's ways to get around that. Reach out to me. I got a nice tutorial that I wrote for the Air Force to help airmen coming out, how to walk into a room and talk to people. Um, but you've got to be networking. It's it, it's a must. It's a must. And and don't try to go pass your card out to everybody. When you go to a networking event, if you can find out who's going to be there ahead of time, that's wonderful. Absolutely. Who's hosting it will tell you a lot about what it's going to be like. And then if you can make one connection that you can book a cup of coffee with or a meeting with, you've had a great networking event. You met one solid person. Now you might talk to fifteen, but you met one good solid person. You just speak to this more than me because you do a ton of networking. What do you think? Mm, put me on the spot. Huh? I did. Well, okay. So um, networking to me is a passion. I really enjoy it. And I don't go there with the motive to make money or get business. I go there to make relationships that will last professionally over time as long as I live. And that has happened and it's happened for the last 15 years. And there's people that I know when I first started my business and we've confided in each other and multiple people and we've shared our challenges and we've shared our successes and um, we've been in each other's businesses from time to time and they've been on this podcast. Um, So my key to networking is number one, show up. If you don't take initiative to get there, you'll never know what you're going to miss. You'll always wonder what you could have got if you did go. And I think that's really the hardest part, to be honest, is to just actually commit and go. Um, I try and have two to three networking events on my calendar the week before. So I schedule, I'll go and look at what's out there. And it doesn't have to be a chamber event. No disrespect. No, anything. It doesn't have to be a chamber event. Let's say you get invited to a party. Go with 10 business cards. Because there's going to be someone there that's interested in what you do. doesn't matter what you do. There, there's someone that will be interested. It's just the power of numbers. Okay, so now you're at the networking event. The way I prepare, if I know that there's going to be people there, especially the host. So, like, if you know what the host is doing, like you said, you have an idea of what it's going to be like. Go find them on LinkedIn and then connect. And then when you see them, they'll be, ah, I recognize you. It works every time. It's, I'm telling you it works every time. And if you are connected, send them a message. Let them know. Ping them somehow. Um, and then every business card that I collect, I don't. I never send an email the first day. I go on LinkedIn, send them a con- or send them a connection request. And if I am connected, I'll send them a message. Then I put it on my calendar, and my stack of cards are sitting on my desk. I'll go back and hit each one of those connections with a message on LinkedIn. I want to stay socially connected to business people. It's important to me, um, and I, I think it's important no matter if, whether you own a salon. Uh, oil changing business, a restaurant. Um, what's some other things that are a business coach, um, a, a roto router? Doesn't matter. Doesn't make any difference. The more you connect, the better off it is. It validates that you're forward thinking and you're honest. 
hundred percent transparency. I think it does two really big things for you. Number one, you build a circle of influent, influential friends mm-hmm. or business colleagues that you can lean on when you need help and let them know they can lean on you. Yeah. The other thing it does is you're talking to someone who you think has no need for your business, but you don't know who they know. Yeah. And so when you go to meet these folks, yeah, it's that's not, absolutely right. It's not I'm trying to meet you to get you to be a business. I want you to understand what I do that you might share it with someone else. You might yeah. understand what I do or see value of what I do or see value just of me. You share me to someone else. And that's how your network grows. Be top of mind. Be top of mind. But that, that circle of that circle of influences, that's how you build it and get to know people. Yeah. And so after I send out LinkedIn, I do send the, the people that I really want to align with and go to coffee. I send them a direct email. And if they don't answer the email within two to three days, I give them a phone call. Mm-hmm. And if they don't answer the phone call, I'll catch them at the next event and upward and onward. I never keep track of who I've talked to or who I've met because I want my engagement with them in the future networking opportunity to be organic mm-hmm. and real. And it's okay to forget their name. There's ways around it. Mm-hmm. You just have to start talking. Another thing to point out is when I was on a hiatus after um, COVID, there was no networking and we were so busy. I couldn't even get out. I mean, we got busy because of COVID. Um, so I decided, well, I better get at this because I actually love it. And so I freed up time so I could start networking again. And um, what, what was interesting is that the first time I went, I had that anxiety like, and I'm not an introvert, but I didn't know who I was going to talk to, who was going to be there. I was hoping to see someone I knew, and I didn't. So I just started talking. The first person I talked to was the next person I saw at the next event, and I had the same feeling, but I'd already connected with that person. It was an instant buffer. Hey, so-and-so, how's it going? I haven't mm-hmm. seen you for a couple of weeks. What's it been like? And here comes a conversation, and then their friend came up, and all of a sudden we're having a three-way conversation, et cetera, et cetera. To me, this is just like easy social influence social um gathering Mm -hmm. community community communication i don't know how to explain it uh but it doesn't is for some reason every every year there's a networking event and they tell you how to network (laughs) and it, it blows my mind that there's actually a struggle there so if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're struggling with communicating in a network event and it's crippling you to the point you won't go then i want you to call me we'll go to a networking event together and i'll introduce you to everybody i possibly can in 15 to 20 minutes and you'll be off to the races but in a safe environment yeah with no stress yeah that's the other thing so the important there's there's a difference between paid like if you paid to go in a free one now i know some chambers don't charge if you're a member so that's a paid one but let's say you go to um I don't charge for any of mine. I know, but but if you're paying for if you're paying for a membership, yes, yeah, then then to me that's a paid. If you pay to be in a networking environment, everyone else did too. Yes, so they have an investment in being there. That's beyond safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, like you're no one's going to give a rip if you stumble on your trip on your words. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Clearly, we need to have a podcast just about networking. Right. You could, yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> It's it's just something it, it's foundation of building relationships. It's you've got to do it just totally because there's too much white noise in the whole email and the social media and all that. People have forgotten how to sit down and have a conversation. I believe I've experienced it. They don't know how to talk. Yeah, and just chat. 
and not try to make an agenda and sell and just talk. Yeah. Like we are. There's so much strategy that goes into it and it's super fun. It is. I think um, we should have you and we'll just pick out somebody in the community that's really good at networking and we'll have a networking podcast. Okay. I'm game. That'd be super fun. Yeah. And this, this is a passionate conversation. <laughs> okay. What would you tell the future business owner thinking of starting up a business in the Inland Northwest? This could be basic knowledge. It could be something from your experience. Just good, good information. If you're going to do it, do it. If you're not, not. If you're going to start a business and you're going to go skiing every weekend and fishing and all that, you're probably not going to succeed. If it's a hobby, then you can do that. But a business, you better be ready to put in the time and the hours. Number two, know what your end game is. Where are you going? What is it you're doing? And who is your customer? Know your customer. If you don't know your customer, how can you satisfy their needs? And number three, get mentors or coaches immediately who've already done it so you don't step on a landmine that costs you six months. But do it. That's agreed. If you don't start, you'll never know. That's right. And I, I, <laughs> that's probably the hardest thing, especially if it's like um, a dry cleaner. Like it's a, it's a basic service. But it's a, it's a, uh, um, what would you call it? A essential service. Like people need dry cleaners. There's, there's. So how do you, how do you let people know you're there? Exactly. Social well, you, media. That. And At least. Email. Networking. Email campaign. Networking. And, and hard mail. But maybe get in your car and have a card or something that says you get, bring me a shirt and your second one's free. And you go down and you walk in the door of every business out there. The old-fashioned door knocking. Absolutely. Yep. All you need is a business card and a, hey, how do you do? Yep. Welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah, cool deal. Just get started. It seems so simple. It's the hardest thing to do. It is. Fear is the hardest thing to combat. You know the acrostic to fear? False evidence appearing real. Yes. I've, I trip and fall on fear all the time. I, I wrote a note or a uh, one page article or something I was asked to do for Spokane Coeur d'Alene Living Magazine a few years ago. And uh, I, I, one of the things that I put in there about my story is punch fear in the throat. <laughs> it needs to go away. It can't exist in your existence. Oh, you can have fear. Just walk through it. Get away from you it. You can be scared every time you're doing it, but yeah. just go do it anyway. Yeah. Fear doesn't go away. Just learn to work with it. Yeah, use channel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. How... If someone has a dream of starting a business as an investment or a passion, but is wondering how to start, what advice would you give them other than just start? Depends on the business, but if you're looking to get started and you're at the ground floor, I'd go to the SBA website and start digging and, and reading and clicking, and it's boring at times because there's so much content there. But if you start clicking and digging, you're going to find so much help, and you're going to find people that will help you. You just have to do the work of finding it. It's not Google. You can't put, how do I start a business? Here's 10 things, go do it. And you got it done in 10 minutes. It's, you got to do some digging, but the SBA is a great way to go. Um, podcast, Ted talks, find someone who has done it already. That's in that industry that might give you some advice. Good point. I want to reiterate SBA is super helpful. If I would have known 12 years ago, how helpful the SBA is for me now today, in running a creative agency, like the backbone of the business, it doesn't matter what you do, dry cleaner, creative agency, car dealership, you name it. The functionality of a business has to be the way it is. 
never deviates. The P&Ls always reflect exactly what's going on. Everything from the P&L to the back door, there's a way forward. And I didn't, I didn't have any advice, no mentor, nothing. When the business happened and it started becoming something, that was my struggle. I didn't know where to get information. And here I'm the one saying, we'll just Google it. Never even thought twice about the SBA. I thought they were out to get you. Mm-hmm. I always thought the IRS was out to get you. The most help I've ever had in my business, ever, SBA. Second, IRS. If you reach out to them and truly ask for help, they want to help because most people don't. Uh, there's a little diner in the airway. It's called Billy's Diner. Mackenzie hmm. um, owns it. She graduated from Gonzaga, and she wanted to have this little diner restaurant. Um, she reached out to the SBA. Her loans through the SBA, her coaching through the SBA, her forms, everything the SBA walked her through the whole thing. It's super cool. It is. I'm in a CEO group with the SBA, and at first I was like, I don't know if I want anyone to know this because the information that I was getting just in the onboarding was huge. And then it was like, oh, I should tell everybody about this. This is super cool. Like, it's an honor to be there. Um, all of our IRS questions, you may get on eternal hold because they are helpful. I have learned in business, and it's validated on the internet, you don't have to look very far. The IRS is not out to screw you. They're not going to take advantage of your business. I know of two people in my life in the last 35 to 40 years um, that got audited. And in both cases, IRS realized they made a mistake and they got a check out of the deal. Um, Very, very, I'm not... You got to know your tax. You got to know. You got to know where to go. But don't take full advantage of every tax break because you may get audited and you have to pay money back. But the IRS is there to help you. When we opened our restaurant in Deer Park in '77, before we opened, we invited the health inspectors out. Smart. Please come and look at our facility. This was two weeks before opening. Give us a run through. Give us what it is we're looking for. We haven't done this before. And so they came out and gave us a whole checklist of some things we trade and fixed and boy a month after we opened they were back on their own gave us a heads up they were coming but we had followed through on what they said for the next three years they had their christmas banquet in my conference room in deer park even though their office was in spokane that's cool that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) yeah that's it follow the rules follow the rules just know the rules ahead of time and if you ask they will tell you it's like you asked me earlier, starting a business. Go find out what the fundamental rules of running a business are before you start. SBA. Mentors, coaches. And we've said the same thing three times now. And um, the, the other fascinating piece about the SBA is they do have money to help you. They have money that they haven't given away from last year. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's not hard to get. No. Unless you don't have your business plan, you don't have your projections, you, there's homework you must do. And if your business is going to function well, you should have it already. Yes. So, I mean, that's why they require it. All right, moving on. What would you say to encourage a business owner in our community to inspire them to just keep on going? Small business is the backbone of our community. Um, that's interesting. Ask for like help. That. Yeah. If you start to feel struggle, it's okay. Ask for help. If you've been networking and you have your circle of confidence, of friends, of people you know, if you have a coach or a mentor, if you have the SBA, all these tools, if you start feeling that things are uneasy, ask for help. Mm -hmm. If you don't ask for help, then you're in trouble. And it's really hard for a business person to ask for help who owns a business because subconsciously in their mind, I'm the expert. I don't want to embarrass myself by saying, I don't know what that is or how to do this or this is starting to fail. The other thing 
Always stay in contact with your customers because if you start sliding and getting off base, they'll tell you right away if you yeah. ask them. So always have good communication with your end user or your customers because they'll tell you when you start to slip or things aren't right or all of a sudden you're cutting a corner here or there and all of a sudden that plate doesn't taste as good as it used to even though it was the same recipe. Mm-hmm. So that would be the biggest thing is that and um, take it one day at a time and try to identify what it is that's making you feel that way. It's not everything. It's usually it's one or two little things. And if you don't have a coach, this is when you get a coach for sure. Yeah. You need to have a good coach. You need a good coach, a good attorney, and a good accountant. And if you don't have those, you're not in business. A good coach is the best. Mm-hmm. I like what you said about the small business being the backbone of the community. I think once you're in business, you forget that. It's almost like you become alone in what you're doing. Networking is great. Um, mentoring is great. Having a coach is great. Um, but it does seem like it's a privilege to be a piece of the fabric of the United States of America. Um, we're, we're a very unique country in that fact. We are 100%. And this is not. This may not pertain to local chambers here, but across the United States average, about 75 to 80% of your membership has 10 employees or less. That's awesome. It is. That's, that's super cool. And I think a lot of um, enlightenment came from the COVID disaster because of the way the government helped small business. They know it's important, and they know if they don't have it, the country won't function. That's what. That's why the SBA exists. And we expect, and we experience that as consumers when all of a sudden all of our little hideaway shops, places we do business that we don't think about them being a small business truly were a small business. That all of a sudden you couldn't use them anymore. And it's like, wow, we really evaluated, reevaluated the value of shop local. And I think it's a trend that's still climbing. I'm people looking to shop local now. Um, it's important. Protect and support your local small business. Love it. Well said. Okay, let's get personal. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is exciting. We ask these questions on every part of our podcast. I suppose we should name this part of the podcast so that it becomes a trending theme but what we're trying to do is uncover our guests favorite locations in the region um, that they like to vibe do whatever and uh, we'll eventually compile a data list a data mine of information to share with our community so just let's dive right into it what do you love most about spokane airway heights etc this is a regional question i think eastern washington as a whole has a desire to win is oh, yeah. proud of who we are, um, has untapped energy, and kind of thump our chest that we're, we're not Seattle. We are Spokane. We are the Spokane County. We are the east side. We are the inland northwest. We are the inland, yeah, the inland empire. Yeah. And we have power, and we're growing, and we're becoming relevant. Um, the amount of aerospace industry from Coeur d'Alene to the West Plains is amazing. Um, Dean Cameron, Aerospace Magazine, should be on this podcast at some point to talk about all of the things that are going on in aerospace and um, and exact manufacturing. If someone says, hey, I got this idea, and they got this thing, can you make it? And so someone figures out how to make it, so put in the 3D, and then they get their scene machine, and then they mill it, and there's a brand-new device made that was a raw piece of metal or plastic or whatever. Um, yeah, manufacturing is growing extensively. I agree. Where is your favorite place to eat in the region? And this, by the way, here's a long list. I know. Yeah. And uh, 
I should just caveat this because you are a chamber and I know you have members. They don't have to be a member. If anyone gets upset that they're excluded, they can call me and I'll come and vibe. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go by <laughs> food groups or, or what I'm feeling like. Um, I'm a big fan of sourdough. Grew up with sourdough. Awesome. Iron goat, sourdough pizza. Oh, man. That crust, you could eat the crust alone, but then they put stuff on it, which is even better. Um, and they have really good beverages and a really good cider selection. Um, Izumi Sushi on the South Hill. Oh, yeah. I love that one. Um, the Elk. Oh, yeah. Hands burgers down. and salads. Um, wild Sage for high end. I want mm-hmm. to take my wife to a nice dinner. Um, breakfast, Billy's or Wolfie's in Airway Heights. Oh, yeah. Billy's opens at 6 a.m. Ooh. Yeah, so that's really, really unique because there's nothing else open. Both my tribes have unbelievable food. The Spokane tribe has unbelievable food, which is past Quest, and Northern Quest has five or six restaurants. Great food to there. Um, Crave Eats downtown. Yeah. I just had salad there today. Um, I've heard it's really good. It is awesome. They have great chefs, and they have great things, and it's a fun place. Thai food, Serena's out on Airway Heights. Um, I've heard that. Mom doesn't speak English, and they have the best papaya salad I've ever had. So that's a few of my favorites. Apparently. I like it. I like how you broke it down by different things that I'm hungry for. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I want to eat this. Where am I going to go? Oh, and the best corn dog I've ever eaten. Yeah. Snoqualmie Pass. Get off at the ski resort. By the lodge place, gas station, all that. There's a little coffee wagon there. Yeah. She hand dips corn dogs for you on the spot. No way. Yeah. That's That's like on exit. Whatever the, Whatever the top of the summit. Yeah, take the first summit exit. You're going west. Take the first exit in the summit, and there's a spot where you can go into the bathroom, and they sell you all the stuff. But there's a little coffee hut right there. She hand dips corn dogs and fries them. Ooh. I'm going over there in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be you checking that out. That. I'm going to have to take a picture. <laughs> Favorite coffee shop? First Ave. Oh, yeah. First Ave. I like that place. Yeah, we've had a few meetings there, and it's just easy to get into. Um, they're quick. There's a lot of meeting space upstairs and downstairs. Um I like the fact they have that one big, really big table, so you can sit there, but there's room for everybody, so you don't have a big table with two people at, and you can't join them. So it has that kind of European shared table aspect, and people are okay with it. Yeah, it's cool. It's a very unique vibe in there. Uh, what would you say? Sophisticated coffee yeah. shop. Yeah. It's like none other. It's actually... Um, it's unpretentious. Vibe. Yeah, it's cool. I like that. Favorite activity? Camping. Cooking, and, and I'm not, I don't mean camping, going to some place where there's somebody five feet next to you. I like boondocking. Um, oh, like out in the sticks, I, I, all by I, yourself. I have a, right now I'm having solar panels put on my RV at this moment because this summer we're going to some places that carry my own water, got solar panels generator. I can just go and be away, and I like that. Um, yeah. I'm a foodie, um, grew up cooking. Worked at line for 12 years in restaurants, so food's still important. I do like to play golf, but I don't keep score because it's I'm not there to compete. I'm there to not work. <laughs> um, and I really do enjoy good sporting events. And, and it doesn't matter who I'm rooting for. I just enjoy the aspect of the sport. atmosphere. And if you haven't gone to a high school game or a little league game, folks, go. The passion of these kids playing is what you don't see in pro sports. Yeah. Support your local high school sports. Yeah, or even um, just for the vibe, you could go to Reardon, um, Edwall. Uh, what else is out there? All uh, of them. We just proved that. Do we not have the largest three-on-three three in the world? Hoopfest. Hoopfest. Money. It, those, the passion of those teams is amazing. So, yeah, it's, I, liked, I like that kind of stuff. Sweet. 
So every single guest that's ever been on our episode gets this hard question. Is there any books that you've read that have encouraged you or you think that would help other business owners, business entrepreneurs? Um, uh, what would you recommend? The Four Agreements by Don McGill Rees. Four Agreements, if you're hearing this, you know them already, but it's be impeccable with your word. Assume nothing. Take nothing personal. And understand you'll fail at all three every day. Don't beat yourself up. But it's deeper than that. Um, Raving Fans. Small little book to our read. Who Moved My Cheese? Another one that I think is very powerful. Um, Traction, which talks about the whole EOS, entrepreneur operating system, is very important. Um, and an oldie, How to Master the Art of Sales by Tom Hopkins. The book's been out six or seven renditions. It came out in the 70s or 80s. It's still one of the best books that teaches communication, not sales, but communication. And it gets deep. You, I think I went through it six times. I went to two of his boot camps, in fact. Oh, that's cool. Um, you don't sleep for three days. You are glued. It's a, you're, it's, a, it's a boot camp, and you are tasked, and you work hard, and you learn 60 closes, and you learn communication skills, and um, it's amazing. It's, kids are the greatest salespeople in the world. Dad, I want this, I want this, I want this. Yeah. But if you go, Johnny, do you want to have red socks or blue socks today? He'll make a choice and the decision's over. But if you say, go put your socks on, he doesn't know what he wants to do. It's the same thing with, you can have either this or this when you go to the store. You get one of those two things and nothing else. Okay, he wins, he gets one thing, you controlled which two it is, he's done asking the rest of the day. It's all those types of things that you use in business. Love it. I, I love talking the theory of sales and communication. What's your reading style? Do you got to do it audible? Do you read it? I like audible, but I like to hold a book. Um, when I'm holding a book, I can take notes. I can fold a page. Mm-hmm. I can put a paper clip on it. I can oop, I'm gonna go back three pages, read it again. So it's more of a study type style. Audible I love because I can throw it in there, and I just over and over and over yeah. and over. And it's, oh, yeah, I remember this part. Oh, I forgot that part. I mean, it's so they all have their place if you yeah. drive a lot audible is good if you can find time to sit and relax and read you get into your own cocoon so reading's good so it's whatever's best for you i've said this a million times but when i read i fall asleep so i have to listen and i love audible for my add because you can two exit you get that thing screaming and it you can retain more when it's going quick mm-hmm. fun fact anyway well anything else you'd like to add before we we uh Close down the podcast today. I would. First of all, thank you so much. Oh, my um, honor. We need to do a podcast with you answer these questions one day. Oh, man. I encourage you to go look at our website. If you want to know what the West Plains Chamber is and what we're doing, go to our website. At the very first landing page, you're going to hear about initiative work with the West Plains Safety Alliance. You'll see a tab that says Community and Initiatives. Click that tab, and it'll give you all the different nine initiatives we're working on right now. It's not something we just say. It's something we do. Mm-hmm. With that... I appreciate this so much. Um, it's my honor, and I'm glad you're here. Before I go too much farther, how can people reach you? And I'm sorry to interrupt, and we've been having such a great talk. You can reach me at email is mark, M-A-R-K, at westplainschamber.org. Website is westplainschamber.org. Check us out. Um, I answer my emails the same day, usually within an hour. I don't delay things. It's true. I will have a cup of coffee with anyone. You know that. That's and true. I'm here to help you grow. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. You can find us on all the socials at uh, Behind the Scene Northwest. That's spelled S-E-E-N. There's a story behind it. We'll catch that another day. Catch us on our website, btsnw.com. We'll see you around. Thanks for listening and have an awesome day.
rest of the day. 